Super Bowl. The big game is this Sunday. I'm sure you've got your party plans and your snack setups all worked out. Personally, I can't wait for the ads. But for many fans, the bigger excitement of 2022 is the venue. Last year, the Rams' new SoFi Stadium finished construction, making it the biggest, most expensive sports arena ever built. So we wanted to know. How has this mammoth transformed the surrounding real estate market? Welcome to Deconstruct. I'm your host, Isabella Farr, and today, reporter Susanna Cavanaugh breaks down the boost a new stadium can give surrounding residential markets. Before we dial in on Inglewood, California, the city in southwestern L.A. County that is transformed into the Rams' home turf, let's take the 50,000-foot view. When a developer wants to build a stadium, they'll make a case for the economic development it will spur. But the reality is stadiums often equate to a pretty big drain on the city that hosts them. Let's look at the NFL. There are 32 teams total, and 28 of them relied on money from the host city and taxpayers to foot the bill for their stadiums, according to Vox. As Brookings phrased it, advocates argue that stadiums spur so much economic growth that they are self-financing. What usually shakes out is a bit less inspiring. What the nonprofit uncovered in its book Sports Jobs and Taxes is that a new stadium has a very small and potentially even negative impact on economic activity and employment, and none have achieved, quote, anything approaching a reasonable return on investment. That's because stadiums host games only part of the year. Take baseball teams. They play the most out of any professional sports league, but for a stadium that amounts to hosting only 81 games a year, for the other three quarters of that year, the stadium's lights are usually dark. The typical baseball team has no more impact on the local economy than a mid-sized department store. And a football team, which is there for only eight or nine games a year, uh, has even uh, even less. That's Michael Leeds, a sports economist at Temple University, also my alma mater, go Owls. He's making the point that once a football stadium goes up, it may only draw visitors 10 days a year. And here's Mark Rosentrop, director of the Center for Sports Venues and Real Estate Development at the University of Michigan. If you're not using it to somehow anchor a neighborhood and neighborhood retail, businesses will exist and service only what happens on game day and the rest of the time it's a black hole. So Mark's actually an interesting case. For a long time, he was on board with the idea that sports stadiums are bad for cities, point blank. He even wrote a book on it called Major League Losers in the late 90s. But 25 years later, he now says the business landscape of cities has changed, creating an opportunity for stadiums to actually be good for cities. You know, it's never as, it's never as one-sided or as easy as people like to make it out. Basically, over the past couple decades, as people have migrated from cities to the suburbs, so have businesses, which all in all creates less tax revenue for cities. Stadiums, when integrated into a neighborhood, that means put up alongside housing and retail so that the area becomes a place residents want to live, can boost property values, pull in investors, and the city gets a slice of that through tax revenue. The stadium, the ballpark, the arena, it has to breathe with the community. It has to be part of the community. You know, we say, give some good examples. Well, the ballpark district in San Diego, that's integrated into a neighborhood. Yes, we have 81 baseball games and a couple of concerts at that facility, but it functions 365 days a year because there were a lot of residences built. There was a number of below market rate housing. And so the retail that developed around Petco services not only those people who attend the game, but it's a neighborhood and there's neighborhood pubs and there's neighborhood restaurants. And so when there's a game, There's more people, 
but they have enough mass transit connections that it's not sort of choking on the traffic. Which brings us to Los Angeles's new SoFi Stadium. When news began circulating that an arena was going up, investors in the area began snapping up multifamily buildings. They had the foresight that people would want to live not just near the stadium, but Hollywood Park, a mixed-use development that Rams owner Stan Kroenke is building. It will contain 314 new residences, 320,000 feet of retail space, including a theater and brewing company, and eventually 500 million square feet of offices. Henry Manucheri, CEO of multifamily owner Universe Holdings, is one of those investors. Basically, in 2014, not very many people knew about what was about to transpire there. It was always considered like a secondary market to West LA with limited income and not very affluent. The rents were at that time, 70% lower than the west side of LA. And what happened since the talk of the stadium began, the area started to gentrify on its own. And basically, uh, we started renovating buildings. We bought one building after another after another and started to invest ten to $20,000 a unit. And we were able to raise our rents. Once the talk of the stadium started and the construction started, people started moving there from you know, other parts of the city because it was far more affordable and they, they kind of liked what the trend that was taking place. And for Henry, that meant more revenue from those rentals, which would shake out the higher tax assessments and therefore more cash for the city. Although the investment market has tightened and property prices jumped as stadium construction moved forward, Henry said because many of the buildings in the area are smaller, institutional investors have not yet entered the market. If you're a patient investor, you could buy one building at a time. You could still find good value there. And then, you know, as we've seen in a number of other redevelopment areas, when the residential and the demographic of residential not only densifies, but the, the socioeconomic profile of those occupants continues to move up and the spending power of those occupants continues to move up, you're going to see a retail start to support them. This is Peter Belisle, president of the Southwest Region for real estate firm JLL. Once the retail starts to roll out, the, the hotel element starts to roll out, the office element starts to roll out. It'll become even a bigger hub, will become a bigger center for economic activity. Essentially, creating that integrated neighborhood that Mark was talking about. One of my questions about this trend was why people would want to live near a stadium in the first place. I'm from Philly, and given my experiences around the link, I'd prefer not to be constantly engulfed in the traffic and noise and, let's be honest, drunkenness that defines the stadium experience, or maybe just the one that Eagles fans bring. It's not necessarily the stadium, but it's the uh, other, the restaurants, the clubs, and the pubs. So why do you want to live there? Because you'll have entertainment, and if it's well-designed, you'll have the other neighborhood infrastructure that you want. You can walk to everything, concert ends, you're home in 15 minutes. That's what people, they don't want to live near a venue. They want to live near amenities. Which is what the Hollywood Park development is kickstarting, an all-in-one development where people can live and work and hang out. Plus, the stadium won't just be accessible to folks with cars or those living in Inglewood. There's a public transit project called an automated people mover that will connect the LA Metro, downtown Inglewood, and the airport line to the stadium. That project is slated to break ground in 2024 and officially open in late 2027, ahead of one of another scheduled uses for SoFi, the 2028 Summer Olympics. But there's a number of other big events that are starting to get that particular stadium on 
you know, the national and international stage. In 2023, you've got the College Football National Championship. The stadium put in a bid to be a host of the 2026 FIFA World Cup. And the arena has major acts booked for 2022. Kenny Chesney, the Chili Peppers, Motley Crue, and Bad Bunny have all announced tour dates at SoFi this year. And then there's the new Clippers Stadium, Intuit Dome, set to replace the newly dubbed and somewhat bizarrely named Crypto.com Arena. The project is expected to wrap in 2024. That is going to just keep pushing this demand for land in around the stadium, and I think it's going to change the whole neighborhood. It's like almost uh, looking at a regional mall where you have an anchor tenant, and then a second anchor tenant comes in. These stadiums are like anchors for the area, and they just enhance the destination element of the city, where all of a sudden, you know, 10 years ago, if you talked anywhere in the country, nobody knew what Inglewood was or where it was. But now all of a sudden, everyone knows something where Inglewood is because it was SoFi Stadium. And as far as branding goes, the Super Bowl has already attracted enormous attention to the area, eyes that investors and brokers believe will only be a bigger draw for the neighborhood. I think the Super Bowl, particularly with the LA Rams being in it this year, that is going to be a huge game changer. It's going to laser focus people's attention to, to the stadium, to Los Angeles, and truly, truly put this on an international map. Because everyone around the whole world knows about the Super Bowl. Even in Europe, they follow it. So that, that I think, is a big boost for the area. Deconstruct airs every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can listen at therealdeal.com. For comments on this episode or on the series, or if you have an idea you'd like to share, feel free to reach me or Susanna at podcasts at Next week, we're looking at new forms of housing.